Hi everyone, welcome to Conference Call, your official unofficial guide for the Europa Conference League by Babagol. I'm Yossi Medina, editor-in-chief and writer in Babagol, right next to me, our European football expert Eden Reutfab. How are you? I'm good, Yossi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, start to, to, starting to get back to the routine, the weekly program and like it. Uh, the first leg of the knockout stage was a real ex- excitement. Um, almost all the matches. are tight mm-hmm. um, this is really good first leg uh, and no one knows who will be the eight clubs to qualify uh, for the next stage um, yeah I think that we had a uh, not as much as many goals as we wanted but that's the first leg the first leg is always cautious we saw that in the Champions League as well we saw that in the beginning of the group stage uh, of the conference league and then once once things get to the The zone where you can't go back, you need to win right now. Teams are starting to be much more attacking and gamble more. So I hope in the second leg we'll have much more goals. Yes, yes. So, so we try to make, um, let's say, some kind of an order to the matches from the most interesting for those who are also interesting, but not as the first ones. Um, and we'll, we'll start with the match we called last week. Uh, we consider it as... The best one in this round, Fiorentina will host Braga in Italy. Um, the only match that has already been decided. Uh, Fiorentina won in the first leg 4-0. Luka Jovic scored twice, so do Artur Cabral. Yeah, I yeah. think that Fiorentina, if they got to this match that we described as the most, the, the, the best quality game, the toughest game, and they just smashed Braga, that says a lot. about their strength, about the Italian strength. And uh, this is basically a dead rubber game. How, how many times have we seen a team come back from 4-0 down uh, in a European tie once, twice in history? So, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a bit disappointing in terms of we wanted maybe to see some drama, but in terms of quality for Fiorentina, it says a lot about them. Yeah, of course. And, and the squad, we talked about it. They have massive players for this, this stage. Luka Jovic, top scorer of the Conference League proper, not including the, quali- the qualifying rounds. He has six goals now. Uh, Luka Jovic is one of our favorites in Babago. Uh, we wrote about him um, in, when he was in Frankfurt, and we expected so much of him. Back in 2018. Yes, and we expected a lot of him, but you know, sometimes the move... To the, to the big biggest club in Europe, like Real Madrid, doesn't work out for everyone as expected. Uh, but he's now kind of like regaining his, his focus on his career, maybe getting back into track and to a level that belongs to him more than maybe the best team in Europe. Yes, also the leading uh, in the top assist uh, list, uh, Christian Kwame is also from Fiorentina, five uh, assists. The next one, Cristiano Biraghi, also from Fiorentina, four. Um, And it says a lot about uh, every time we've been hearing about uh, the Europa League uh, teams are maybe better than the Europa Conference League teams. They will add their quality and that kind of matches that we have the quality also in the Conference League. Of course, it's Fiorentina, one of the biggest. Um, and I think uh, we've been talking about a lot about how Italian will be the Conference League. Uh, so Fiorentina have a chance to be uh, some kind of, I don't know, Parma of the 90s in the UEFA Cup. Mm. Um, 
in general, the whole vibes of the Italian teams that they bring us is like domination that we used to see in the 90s. And I think when you, you talked about this, there was a misconception that the Europa League is uh, much stronger than the Conference League. But last season, we've, we've seen that that is not really true with how um, the games of the, of the Conference League semifinals and forward have been. And this is another example. Fiorentina could, could have been in the Europa League and vice versa. This doesn't mean anything. Uh, so it's great to see. And, you know, it also brings up the discussion of, like, do we, do we, what do we think about teams that go down from the Champions League as losers and from Europa League as losers to the, um, to the next uh, competition? Like, what do we think about that? That's a whole different discussion, but it's always interesting to see that a team that started with us mm -hmm continues forward. I will tell you that in the uh, in 2025 there is change in the yeah. European competition systems and there is no more uh, drops. Lucky drop, losers. You can no call lucky lock losers except for the qualifying rounds. Yeah. Uh, in the so-called group stage will not have uh, that thing so we'll have a proper conference league knockouts. We still like the teams that came from <laughs> the Europa League. They're welcome they, here. They are all welcome. And one of these uh, Uh, Europa League uh, uh, teams is Sharif Tiraspol. Mm. Uh, also made us to talk about it a lot uh, last week. I, the match, uh, the home match against Partizan Belgrade. Uh, no fans in Kishi now with all the uh, political uh, tension. In the end, Partizan won. 1-0, uh, Ricardo Gomes uh, scored the only goal. This time will be in Belgrade <laughs> with fans and partisans with this uh, lead, it's not going to be an easy no. game. No, although Ricardo Gomez can just not stop score at all. He's the, probably the best player of partisan this year and in previous years. And it's, it's kind of interesting how he only scores in partisan. Like his career, he has, he's been to six, seven different clubs And only in Partizan, he has a really good record, which is 84 goals in 136 games. And the rest of the team's not even close to being that. So he feels really good in Serbia. But it's also interesting that he doesn't really play for the Cabo Verde national team. Yeah, for, for his last cap was in 2020. Um, so yeah, he had a, an interesting conference league season. Uh, four goals until now, the leading scorer of Partizan Belgrade in the, this season, alongside Fuseni Diabate. Um, what, can, what else can we say about the, that match? Well, uh, we've talked uh, last week about the Sheriff squad, uh, the diversity, and it was great to see that exactly in the, in the game against Partizan, they fielded 10 African players. Only the goalkeeper, Maxim Koval from Ukraine, was the only non-African to start the game. The rest, Africa, you had Burkina Faso and Nigeria, and from all over, it looked like an, an AFCON draw. <laughs> uh, it didn't help them, but um, I think this game could be, is definitely not over. No chance that this game is over, um, especially with the season that Partizan is having. You, can, you don't know what to expect from them any game, so we'll see what's going to happen. Counting flags in uh, Sharif Tiraspol lineup last week. Ten uh, different nationalities. Only two. Uh, only Burkina Faso had two representatives. Also among the 
substitutes for different nationalities that have no representative in the lineup. So actually, uh, 15 players from different uh, 14 countries. But do they have a player from Cabo Verde? No. No. No, they don't. Which actually, you know, because I'm looking at the Cabo Verde uh, like the lineup or national squad, they have a few players that we used to see in, in the Europa League or the Conference League last year, like Stopira from Fervar, the captain, or Johnny Nee from Trabzonspor, who used to play there last year. Gary Rodriguez, you have a lot of, this is actually a very talented team who's going to be interesting to follow in the upcoming uh, qualifications for the African Cup of Nations. Yes, and it's going to be really soon than, than we're expecting. Uh, so, you mentioned traps on Spore. Yeah. So, now the next match, uh, Basel will host uh, traps on Spore. An awful season for Basel. Uh, and now they are one match away from being eliminated. Um, in the first leg, Trabzonspor made an emotional TIFO uh, dedicated to all the rescue teams that helped uh, after the earthquake in Turkey. Since then, there was another uh, earthquake uh, in the area. Um, Trabzonspor won 1-0. Uh, Jans Strugel Larsson, uh, Larsen uh, scored the goal for the Turkish side. Um, well, you know, this game was just... The whole day leading up to it, the whole week leading up to it, was football was kind of like you know took a step aside. Um, it wasn't the main thing. You've seen I've seen like uh, videos before the game of um, fans of Galatasaray, Fenerbahce, Besiktas, the Istanbul teams. They travel to Trabzon just to show solidarity uh, with like just showing a, a unity of the whole Turkish nation as a whole um, in the aftermath of this earthquake. And during this TIFO that the Trabzon Force uh, sport fans uh, raised, you also saw near that flags of, of all the Istanbul teams waving at the same time. It was a beautiful sight to see, almost, and obviously Turkish flags as well. It felt like, it felt like a Turkish national team we, game. We know, by the way, the solidarity of uh, the Turkish fans when there are such uh, incidents, we saw it in political issues, we saw it now in the earthquake. Uh, when it comes to national issues in Turkey, they are all gathering together, uh, no matter who you are. And that's kind of interesting support that uh, makes Turkey a bit different from European countries. It makes them more close to the uh, Middle Eastern countries when we see the massive ultras uh, joining in uh, such a, such a performance, um, I'm looking at Basel. Uh, it, it's amazing they are currently struggling in the Swiss league, um, sixth place, five points away from the last place. Uh, I will say that there is no automatic relegation this year because they are changing formats and stuff like that. Um, in the last week, in last Sunday. They managed to make a 2-2 draw against Servet. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it, it's some kind of say that end of an era in the Swiss football uh, to see Basel in, the, in, in this uh, situation. Yeah, indeed. Although they do have some experienced players that used to succeed with the club in the past, like Michael Lang, like Fabian Fry, uh, Taulan Shaka. These players, they, they know how to win with Basel, even in the European competitions. But as you said, they're not young. 
this is a team that's kind of in a rebuild. You should say a lot of young players there. Uh, I see uh, Liam Chipperfield, uh, the son of Scott Chipperfield, who used to play for the team for many years. And he's, he's listed as a Swiss international, not an, as an Australian international like his father. So it's, it's rebuild. They don't even have a, a manager right now that's signed. So who knows what's going to happen there. But um, playing at home, um, they, they can still do it. This is, this is not over as well. Um, a name that should be mentioned also, uh, the referee, Ooh. our, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say favorite of anyone, I think. Yeah. So, um, I saw the news today that Antonio Mateo Lajos, the Spaniard, the infamous Spaniard from, um, he refereed, uh, Netherlands against, uh, Argentina in the world cup in the quarterfinals. It was a mess that game of yellow cards and and who you saw the game probably you know what happened so he's got he's back um after a short break i guess and he's gonna referee um the second leg it should be interesting i gotta say yeah i i say that for those who didn't follow after the world cup he he officiated another match in spain the Derby of Barcelona, Barcelona against Espanyol, 13 yellow cards and two more uh, second yellow cards. So <laughs> at the end, uh, it was a, a rumble in the camp. No, uh, I hope for everyone that he won't make such a performance uh, in that match. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what to expect for uh, in this match. Uh, let's just hope he's not going to be the star of the show this time. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, let's move on. Our next match, uh, CFR Cluj, uh, Europa Conference League favorites uh, by, by the team here. Uh, not, not favorites to win, but favorites, beloved uh, people. Against uh, Lazio, um, Lazio made a great first leg, winning 1-0 by a, a goal from the eternal Ciro Immobile. Um, but can CFR Cluj make an upset in the second leg? I think uh, they had a good chance in the Olympico on Thursday because Lazio were reduced to 10 men pretty early in the game. And still, Lazio won comfortably, didn't have too much trouble. That, that again, is similar to Fiorentina. It shows you the strength of the Italian teams. So I think Cluj had a chance. It doesn't mean, obviously, that... Uh, Lazio is through, or Lazio is not going to feel the, their strongest team. Uh, we talked last week about Lazio's uh, loss in, against Cluj in Romania three years ago, so uh, it's, it's still on, but you, you, you expect Lazio to be clear favorites here in Ciro Immobile back, scored twice in the league as well. He's hot, and uh, probably... You, you can argue he's our best player in this tournament. Star quality, quality, name, everything. Yeah, and CFR Cluj will miss two players uh, because of yellow cards. <clears throat> One is Nana Boteng, and the other is uh, number 44, Yuri Matias. But, you know, uh, UEFA likes the, the full names. So I'm looking at the full name in the official list, and one is marked as Bismarck, and the other is Jefferson. You know, the... Another another political issue uh, for this match. Um, 
Do you think that Cluj has a chance? Uh, I think that uh, we'll be discussed about it also in the, in the match of Fiorentina. Lazio is going to, to, to make all they can in order to qualify to the next stage. The Italian clubs are taking this competition, I would say, even too seriously. Um, and, and Roma made the bar too high for the Italian clubs uh, to fail. Yeah. And they will try not to fail uh, as much as they can. Yeah. And again, the, the whole city rivalry thing, Lazio uh, even more so would want to do, to go the whole way here. Yes. Um, but yeah, before we move on, uh, Lazio manager, Maurizio Sarri, mm. do you think that if he will win the Conference League, he will also make it two of the cup? I really hope so. I really hope so. So yeah. If Mourinho did it, why wouldn't you do it? You need to check <laughs> if Sarri has uh, other tattoos, though. You know, mm -hmm. to see if it's a thing of his or not. It's interesting. Now, now we'll I, follow that. We will follow that uh, as long as Lazio will be with us. And by the, the way, it doesn't have to be Sarri. Any coach who would win this tournament mm -hmm. this year uh, uh, is, is going to get another thing of rising the bar. Yeah. Uh, They're going to hear from us. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, the next match, uh, the ultimate conference league clash. Lech Poznan will host Bode Glimt. Um, Bode have um, an interesting home advantage in this period of the, the year. Extremely cold, uh, but they failed to get an advantage uh, in, their, uh, in the first leg. A nil-nil draw in Norway. Uh, and now they are coming to the second leg in Poznan. We know that stadium, it's not going to be an easy task for the Norwegians. Not at all. First of all, I think this, well, you know, it was a disappointing nil-nil draw, but I think it's a very underrated result for Lech Poznan because this is the first time in the Conference League's history of Boto Glimt that they didn't win at home. Last year and this year, combined, uh, sorry, only last year, a combined nine wins out of nine. And now their 10th game was a draw. So th this shows you how difficult this task is. Um, and it's not that Bodo Glimt are so good away from home. Usually what they, like last year, what happened is they won at home and they drew away. That's what happened most of the games. So um, if I recall correctly, they maybe only had one win away last year. Um, Obviously, you can also look at their um, Champions League record and the Europa League record because they're all over the whole, all the competitions. But the general, the general trend of them, of theirs, is uh, that they're not winning away from home. So now they need to go for it. Um, and yes, and Lick are good at home themselves. Extremely good. I'm looking at the results. Uh, seven matches, seven home matches this season. Six wins and one draw. Including against VRL. Yes, we've been talking about it. Um, and if you look at the past, strong home side. They had a sequence of... Uh, 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 um, in the past, they had 13 consecutive uh, home matches in Europe without, uh, without a defeat. Um, so yeah, basically, they are good home side. Uh, the fans are massive. Really, it's going to be a show. Yeah. Uh, like Poznan barely reached this kind of uh, stage 
So I think that it's the, they, they have played in knockouts in the past. I don't think so. No. Uh, yes, they have managed to reach the last 32 in the Europa League in 2011. Right. They, yeah, they, they've been in a group with uh, Juventus, Juventus and Manchester, and Manchester City. City. Yeah, and some, Red Bull Salzburg. That's, I mean, you, you just, and they finished second. When you hear about this group today, it's crazy to think about that. And even back then, they were very proud of, uh, of that specific year. And that is the year when uh, Manchester City uh, went away to Poznan. And the fans of Poznan celebrated with their backs to the field, which is a famous uh, celebration of theirs. And City took it back home and nicknamed it the Poznan. And it travels uh, throughout Europe since. Uh, so another source of pride for Lech. Another bad omen for Bodo Glimt is that uh, last year in the Champions League qualifications, they faced a different Polish team, Legia Warsaw, and they lost twice uh, in the first um, round back then, and that's when they started their whole European campaign. We talked about lucky losers. Let's not forget that Bodo Glimt started that great season last year with a loss to Legia Warsaw, so um, maybe some bad memories from Poland. Yeah, and you talked about their uh, away record. They're only, they have one, two, three, four wins in their whole history away from home in about something, 20 and something matches. Um, okay, you got to face your demons now. You got to yes, try something yes. else. Um, and, and they didn't defeat strong sides in the past away from home, uh, except from Celtic. Last year in the knockout round, in mm. the same <laughs> same round actually, uh, they have win against Valor from Iceland in the, also last year, uh, and two two oldies against Vaduz in two thousand in nineteen ninety nine UEFA Cup and three years uh, before against Beitar Jerusalem in Israel. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be. An historic night for Bode Glimp if they will manage to You know what? Through. I think that after Fiorentina and Braga is pretty much dead, this is my favorite game for Thursday. Yeah, if you are looking for uh, a balanced match, it is. Lazio will bring their quality and there are more teams here. Uh, Basel, of course, against Trabzonspor can bring quality. Lekpoz and Bode Glimp is a match, the unexpected match. Everything can happen. And we will follow after this match. It's going to be a really uh, great game uh, for both sides. Um, we're on the last matches. Um, two of them will get us Belgian clubs at home, um, really getting closer to, to an early elimination. Uh, Anderlecht, um, we've been talking about their problems. Uh, and now they are the reality. Uh, first leg against Ludogorets uh, were defeated 1-0 uh, by an early goal of uh, Thiago. Uh, meanwhile, Ghent last year reached the round of 16. They lost against Karabakh 1-0 in Baku. We know that it's not easy to play in Azerbaijan, uh, but both clubs, uh, both Ghent and Adelaide, are 1-0 down before the second leg. Yeah, um, you know... Two Belgian teams, now they host. It could be catastrophic for Belgium if both are uh, eliminated. In generally speaking about Belgium, of course, every team has its own problems. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know 
if they can do it, especially Anderlecht, I'm really pessimistic about them. Uh, Ghent, we've talked about them before. They start, they struggled in the group stage, and then somehow they managed to do it in the end. I feel more optimistic about Ghent. Anderlecht, I don't think so. I think Ludogorets' experience can can be the difference here. Yeah, and, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, all the Belgian sides, almost all the Belgian sides are. And, uh, are all yes, and Bruges has lost in the Champions also, League as yes, well. Yes, uh, the last club actually that left is uh, Union saint gilloise that m- will play in the round of 16 in the UEFA Europa League. Um, it might be important for uh, uh, all the ranking issues, uh, not this year, a few years later. Uh, so yeah, Belgium are looking to save their season. Uh, I would say uh, the last match uh, Dnipro Yeden against Ike Lanaka. Last but not least, uh, we are not in Ukraine. We are traveling to Kosice, Slovakia. That will host uh, this match. First leg uh, Ike Lanaka won on Cyprus 1 0 by a late goal of Angel Garcia in the 84th minute. Well, we are um, a year from the start of the war. We are in the end of February, so I don't remember the exact date. February twenty fourth. That is the the date. So we are marking a year for uh, the beginning of the war, and um, it's it's been a crazy year, even only in football terms. What is happening in the Ukrainian league? uh, The way the Ukrainian teams has performed this year in Europe is very impressive, and. Let's see if Dnipro can can even go forward, but I think this is time to reflect on um, all that happened because you know maybe people have forgot a little bit about the war, the earthquake, uh, or just the world has a bit moved on. And now it's a bit of a side note, you know. Um, it's important to remember that nothing has changed. Um, still going on. Still tragic. And football is obviously also affected by it. Um, let's see what they can do. Yeah, we've been following following uh, about the situation in Ukraine since I think day one of the war. Uh, in this weekend, we'll have uh, special articles uh, to mark this uh, year to see what happened uh, during this time. And it's really interesting. Uh, Ukraine is in an interesting situation in UEFA ranking. They have... Nipriyadin and Shakhtar Donetsk who still playing in uh, the Europa League and they are one win away from uh, confirming uh, two clubs in the Champions League uh, two years from now. So yeah, basically they managed to to save themselves from being crushed but it's really, really interesting situation for all the clubs um, playing in the league while there are alerts that uh, Russian... Uh, <laughs> Russian airplanes might bomb the stadiums or, and something like that. It's real, uh, really interesting. <laughs> By the way, an interesting fact that Dniproyedin is playing in Slovakia. They are the only Ukrainian side to play away from Poland. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they choose to play there. Um, but it is, it's working for them. Yeah. You can see that. They have a good look there. Um, very, very impressive to see with, with this reality that the Ukrainian teams are functioning, not even to mention winning or advancing somewhere, just functioning. Uh, great to see that. Yeah, and uh, Ike Lanaka, 
uh, with all their uh, squad Spanish Legion. Spanish Legion. Uh, they will try to keep their one lead uh, to give Cyprus uh, a really not common uh, place in the last 16 uh, round in any European competition. They are not uh, getting used to it. Uh, especially after last year, uh, Pauk from Greece reached the quarterfinals. Now the the their the, uh, friends want to to do something for the uh, region for yeah, the area. For, for the area for the the, the Greek people uh, the Greek and Cypriot people uh, Greece with no clubs left in uh, Europe uh, after the group stage so yeah basically they are the last uh, Greek speaking club <laughs> to represent the Greeks last Greek speaking club with the, the all the Spaniards uh, yes that's it I think yeah, uh, by the way, one last note. Uh, Ayrk Larnaca has uh, Artem Gromov, who played for Dnipro this year. So uh, I think he's cup-tied, though, because he played for Dnipro in the Europa League and in the Conference League. But he plays for Ayrk Larnaca. Uh, wonder who he supports. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's making things interesting. Uh, so yeah, that's it uh, for this week. A lot of action. We like it. Um, as I said, that is for the second leg of the knockout playoff stage, but not everything, because there's much more to come. Follow Babagol in social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our brand new TikTok, uh, more coverage from the Europa Conference League, um, and not only the Conference League, also the other Conference League from all over the world. Uh, you will enjoy it. Uh, we will also have our special recap as usual on Friday from the best moments uh, of the second leg in this stage. Um, Eden Roy Fab, thank you very much. Thank you, it's been a pleasure. I'm Yossi Medina. We were Conference Call by Baba Gol, and we will be here once again next week with all the best from Europe's best football competition. Until next time, keep football real.